I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Do you love your natural hair, but also enjoy the flexibility of wigs? Then check out PromptlyPolished.com, an e-commerce site connecting you to emerging black hair and beauty brands. Whether you're looking for a custom wig or natural hair care products, you can shop from a variety of black-owned brands. Check out PromptlyPolished.com and receive 10% off your purchase with the code SHOPBLACK. Hey, y'all. We're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. And as usual, we want to dive into a discussion. So this was something that was on my mind. Usually we do something random. It's random, but at the same time, you know, I have been thinking about it. So my question is, starting off with Danika, what do you feel like is a unique way that Black women connect with each other that you enjoy? Ooh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for sure is hair, like our hair. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's usually the first thing I'm looking at in general. Like, if you don't mm-hmm. have, like, whatever it is, it's going to be, you know, the the puff, the braids, the baby hairs, uh, the sewing, the frontals, the, like, I can go <laughs> on and on and on, like, the hair Mm -hmm. and I feel like that you know other other races other folks usually don't and it's funny because I feel like even they try to connect with us on hair I'm just thinking of working in like spaces non-black non-black spaces where every time I change my hair they would just be like making a huge deal of it like oh my goodness like I love your hair and it used Mm -hmm. to kind of be it'd be like oh my goodness like shut up but then mm-hmm. I had to realize, like, dang, they probably bored with their hair. Like, they wear the same hair every Can't day. do very much. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, that's boring. <laughs> so <laughs> I started, mm-hmm. like, you know, appreciating it. Like, you're right, you're right. You go ahead and admire it. So for me, I would have to mm-hmm. say hair. What would you say, Myra? I would say the way that we talk, like our lingo. Like, <laughs> if a white mm. woman called me sis, I would be like, what? But when another Black woman calls you out, it's just like, oh, I feel like included. And it's like little things that we say to each other that only we understand. Whereas if another person we were to talk to, they're probably like, what are y'all talking about? So I think it's definitely our lingo. And nails. Nails come mm-hmm. to mind. My mm-hmm. nails are not always done. But when my nails are done, I feel like that sparks a conversation where it'll get us talking, whether it be like out and about, whether it be friends, you know, I feel like those are our things. What about you, Velma? What are you thinking? Uh, I agree with both of you guys. I just had a situation um, where someone, another Black woman complimented me on my nails just the other day. And um, she was ringing me up and we sparked a whole conversation about that. Started talking about hair, where we go to get waxes. So definitely one of my favorite ways is to connect through like compliments. And also just celebrating, like having fun together and going out and dancing and creating like a vibe. That's one of my favorite ways. For sure. Yes, yes. When you said wax, it made me think about like brows. I remember brows were like a really, really big thing. Like we were connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you all hear, we have a special guest and another special guest in the background, <laughs> the baby. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Our guest is Velma. Velma Kamara is a licensed marriage and family therapist based out of Los Angeles. She's a healer, mother, writer, and community space holder. Velma believes in the intentionality of holding space healing space for women to rediscover their authentic expression and innate power from within. 
She is passionate about helping women along their healing journey as she understands the impact of certain life experiences on the mind, body, and spirit. She is an advocate of self-discovery and wellness. Velma is the creator of She Glows Within, which is a platform that focuses on exploring the arts of healing through creativity. She believes that the glow, which we all desire to know, can only be found within. A part of her purpose is to express this awareness through embodiment and community. Okay, Velma, this bio was great. So before we jump in, you got to share a little bit more about She Glows Within. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you both for having me here. Um, And, you know, She Glows Within is always just, I never really fully have the words to describe it. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about how it was birthed. And that will kind of give you an idea of what what my intention behind it is. Um, So She Glows Within came about 2020. And during that time, I was going through what I call just a dark night. And um, outwardly, you would never guess that there was anything wrong. Of course, I was functioning, um, you know, showing up and, and, and just doing the best that I could. But inside, I was going through just Um, a space of just trying to find myself and um, at that time I was also going through just a heart opening what I call like a heartbreak as well so questioning my worth trying to just kind of make sense of things and what I found was that nothing on the outside externally was fulfilling me in the way that I needed it to fill me and so I, I got led on a journey to kind of go within and once I began to kind of go within myself I began to kind of find bits of light and I decided that, you know what, okay, it's, it is here, it is within me, let me find out how I can hold on to this. And so She Goes Within became like a practice, a practice of wellness, a practice of healing, a practice of really loving and showing up for myself. Um, and then God led me to kind of just, you know, share my story and create um, an expression from it. And so that creative expression looks like me writing poetry, it looks like me telling my story. It looks like affirmation. It looks like, um, you know, just providing communities with the tools that I've learned that help me along my path and along my healing journey. So that is what She Glows Within is about. Yes, that is beautiful. Do you have your affirmation deck next to you? Maybe you can share. You know what? Share about your deck. I think it'd be beautiful if you share one of your cards. Yeah. I'm gonna okay, let that pass us by. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's. So this is my deck here. Um, and my deck is centered around, again, you know, supporting black women along their healing journey. So there's a couple of different themes, forgiveness, acceptance, self-love, power, purpose, and black girl glow. So I'll pull a card Mm. from you guys today. Let's see what comes up. Okay. So the card, um, is, is forgiveness and Mm. it simply says, dear God, I'm sorry forgive me. Thank you. I love you. It's actually a Hawaiian prayer that is used for healing. And you can kind of apply that pressure, that, that prayer to self, to, to whatever kind of circumstance you're, you're going through. Just the quick little four statements. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Beautiful. Thank you for, I was not going to let that pass us by. I had to make sure that you shared that. So as you all can tell, I have a little bit of a background with Velma. So we're coworkers. And so her cards, they sold out so fast. I wasn't able to get a deck, but (laughs) they do go back and sell. They're, they're, are you going to put them back up? (laughs) 
do I, I I am in the process of just reinventing it a little bit. So it's gonna be she clothes within affirmation 2.0. Um, so I'll definitely keep you guys posted on when that release happens, but I am working on it. Nice. Okay. Is, so, right? <laughs> yes. So yes. I think today is going to be a little bit different in that um, we invited Velma on to have a conversation about friendships, friendship breakups, and she does come from a therapy background, but we kind of just want to have a conversation like a girl talk type of thing. So I'm going to hand it over to Danica to kick us off. Okay. So, um, I mean, I think that we, you know, we don't talk about friendship breakups as much. And, you know, usually it's geared, it's, it's geared toward these romantic relationships. So in general, what are some thoughts you have about navigating moving forward after the ending of a friendship? Rather this ending was good or bad or neutral or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a lot of different thoughts on that on, on one end. Um, as you mentioned, it's not really talked about a lot. So I think that friendship breakups could be really challenging in that sense, because a lot of times we don't know how to process the feelings that come from that. Um, there's not really space, I think, that that's held or representation that's out there on what that looks like. So on one end, I think that's challenging, right? You're left with maybe feeling all of these different emotions and then maybe possibly having to kind of dismiss it or not acknowledge it. Um, on the other hand of that, I do, however, think that um, it, it, it's normal, you know, there's going to be endings within relationships at times as we grow and as we evolve. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we did anything bad or that uh, we should hold any kind of guilt towards it. But I think that also needs to be normalized that sometimes we outgrow each other and that's okay as we evolve. Yeah, and I think that's interesting um, that you have the forgiveness card and even thinking about friendships, like they kind of tie in like, you know, when you move on from the friendship, forgiveness of whatever you may feel from it. So I think that was yeah. really cool that you picked that card. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like we said, friendship endings or breakups or whatever you want to call are not talked about enough. And so we were curious about the differences that you maybe notice or come to mind for you when you think about friendship versus a romantic breakup. Yeah, the differences. So I, I recently, uh, well, not so recently, but I had an experience with a friend. It was a guy friend. And um, we, we really care for each other and we have a close relationship. And we had a discussion on what would it be like if we were to explore each other on a romantic level. And so we were really vulnerable with the conversation. And one of the things that came up for him was that he was afraid of the pain that may come from the ending of a, a romantic relationship versus us not being cool anymore as friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I never really kind of thought about it that way. And, um, but it was interesting though, because it made me think like, yeah, you're right. You know, there's a level to a certain degree of attachment that, that comes with, with a romantic relationship versus, um, versus a friendship relationship. Um, not to minimize the ending of a of, of a friend relationship in any kind of way. I do think that just the process of it kind of just looks different and it has similarities as well. Um, so I think there's still going to be pain there, right? I think there's still going to be maybe feelings there, um, emotions that are maybe tough to sit with with both. Um, but I do believe that both of those relationships are unique and um, our process kind of differently. 
Yeah, for sure. Danica, I'm curious what you think, because you're making faces. Look like you have some thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, it's making me think about like the different, um, the different future plannings of like a friendship and romantic relationship. So like with our friends, it's not that we don't plan. It just looks a little different. So we might Mm -hmm. plan to go to certain gatherings or certain events and stuff, but we're not necessarily planning on like where we're moving together next. We're not planning on like these Mm -hmm. familial pieces like, oh yeah, we're going to you know visit your family next year we're going to do like those right. little pieces of it like that um mm-hmm. they show up differently so I think that when it comes to a friendship versus a romantic breakup it's making me think of like this future planning of like the thoughts of the future with the romantic partner versus your friends I think sometimes mm-hmm. and I think I think I'm thinking about myself when my friendships I kind of do assume that they're going to be there for a long period of times. And I think you, at least me, I kind of know the ones who probably won't, but the ones that I do think it's just like, I don't even think about mm-hmm. it. I'm just like, yeah, they're going to be here in some form of capacity. So I think the friendships that I really think are going to be here forever, if those were the ones that ended, I think that would hit me a lot different though, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. I'm just thinking about this just the way we're seeing like like planning out our our friendships versus planning out our like romantic relationships and how that is impacting the aftermath of everything right right yeah yeah Yeah. that's something to really think about yeah and I even think that the grieving process of it um is 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 different in our society and and the represent representation of that so when we look at a romantic breakup ending and we see it on TV or in a movie, we see that person going through the breathing process, whether they're sitting on the couch, eating ice cream, mm-hmm. crying with their friends, their friends surrounding them and supporting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of know what that like looks like in a way. Um, but the, the representation of a friendship ending and breakup ending, I think that we as a society really don't know what to do with it, right? Sometimes we're taught that, okay, it ends and you just kind of move on, right? Which is not really like realistic um, in in my eyes, but the representation of it, I think outwardly also looks just different and we don't necessarily hold space for the other, the friendship one. Yeah, did you you watch Insecure like um, this last, these last few seasons? uh-huh uh-huh yeah. so with Molly and Issa it's just making me think because you know their relationship their friendship end up coming back together and it wasn't easy after this kind yeah. of like you know tussling the friendship but I wonder what they would have showed if they were not friends again like you just said what would they have shown mm-hmm. both of them grieving this relationship mm-hmm. if they have shown the romantic re- relationships grieving um like so right kind of like the representation like why come more shows and and films and and like why come people don't present that piece of it and show us like the real deal of what happens yeah oh that's, that's a great question I know right I'm like people oh, don't want to see that though people people like yeah people, people don't want to see that people want to see the <laughs> the drama of what happens with the romance the romanticism yeah. piece that's what we want to see mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I agree. I think that was a good example, um, you know, the show, because they really, really, um, they, they explored it. They started to explore, you know, friendship and the dynamics of 
when when things potentially end so I think that was great Uh, yeah yeah now that you bring up insecure it's making me think about oftentimes when we do see black women in particular start to disagree it gets real nasty so Mm -hmm. I think that it was nice to see them kind of turn around and really reflect on that friendship because I don't want to see the nastiness like I'm tired of seeing that so I'm happy they did that that. is so true that is true yeah Mm mm-hmm I mean, never, nevertheless, I'm glad they're friends. I'm not saying I don't want either of Molly to be friends. I'm glad it worked out. And, you know, they put in the work for it to work out. So, I mean, that also is something. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of thinking about that work. Right. Yeah. You got to put in work. Um, you got to so, put in work. Uh, it's making me think about like this next question. It says, if a person is constantly ending friendships, so, you know, every time they have a friend or you're noticing like every other week, this person's like, oh, I'm not cool with them anymore. What suggestions would you give them? Or like in general, just what do you think about that? If someone's constantly ending friendships? Yeah, you know, I, I think it deserves to be looked at, you know, because what we're seeing is essentially a pattern. And so... Um, If someone is constantly ending friendships, I think it deserves just being able as that person taking a pause and and reflecting um, what's going on here. You know, how am I showing up in this relationship? Um, Is it it anything that I'm doing or not doing? Um, Just because it's a pattern and you want to be able to take a look at, okay, how am I moving in in this world? Is it in a healthy way? Is it aligned with the things that I really want? And if it's not, what can I do to kind of change this pattern that's showing up? Um, For me personally, the kind of person that I am, I really don't have those kind of challenges per se within my friendship dynamics. And I think it's because I'm also kind of very selective in a way with who I consider a friend and that whole process of just being really close to me in that way. And so um, I, I don't necessarily have that experience where it's like this person is just kind of in and out my life or I'm in and out that other person's life or I have a person that's just kind of moving from friend to friend um I I think it's just it's 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 a it's a it's 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 something to look at it's like a sign okay it's a pattern here what's going on yeah it's interesting that you talk about like the choices of friends because it's making me even think about you know who we choose to call a friend and I don't know mm-hmm. if you two are familiar with the levels of friendship in Arabic. So there's like this friendship pyramid and it's really interesting. I suggest everyone kind of take a look of it, look at it because it really breaks down like, you know, who should be close to you and how you consider them close to you. So it even starts at the bottom, like colleagues. Mm-hmm. And then it goes mm-hmm. up to the top, like a soulmate, best friend. So I really suggest like folks really look at that and consider how you look at your friends based off of that. It's really cool. What's it called again? like the levels of friendship in Arabic so if you type that in Google but hit images it's a whole little pyramid it's really cool hmm. I like that yeah because it's really it's really levels, cool. it's really levels mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. <laughs> and people I, don't I, think about that yeah yeah I think I'm I'm a person who I typically will call people my friend but I think like you said it's still level so I might say you're my friend but it, it's still it's different it's I can't explain it so like mm-hmm. because otherwise I mean technically like you don't have to have like this super super close relationship to be considered a friend in my opinion 
but it's like mm-hmm. the definition of that friendship right that's my friend I like to go out to eat with right yeah. that's my friend <laughs> that's my friend who I know you know we watch our favorite show together right this is that's the connection of the friendship but it doesn't that like again like this this long-term type of friendship this person I see in this close intimate way and I kind of yeah too just not knowing what to call those people if not friend what you know if I'm like oh that's just a colleague or that's just a work friend sometimes it doesn't suffice enough for me either of just like where to put a person so um Mm -hmm. but so but yeah going back to what you were saying Velma about being selective of your friendship Mm -hmm. so I think that that is important of like if you're more selective then it's probably lesser chance than that that these friendships end as quickly are Mm -hmm. you know if you're being more selective it makes sense yeah yeah and I, I like what you said there too as far as just identifying the kind of connections that you have and where to kind of place them. And with that, you could kind of have a, a bit of boundaries even for yourself too, with knowing that with this friend, maybe I can't necessarily go to this friend about this. Um, and just because this person may not have the capacity to maybe fully support me in the way that I need it. So I'm saving myself a little bit from any potential disappointments or any potential um, me feeling some kind of way because I'm going to this friend from something that maybe they won't be fully able to support me with. So really being able to identify in groups, I think, um, um, your friends. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm thinking of like this, this piece of, and I don't know if y'all have ever had to do this, but let's say that you're friends with someone and you notice that you're not getting what you need out of the friendship. And so you have to mold that friendship into what you're wanting. So what that means is you might have to communicate with them like, Hey, um, Mm -hmm. I don't think we, you come over enough, right? You know, you don't really hang out with me enough. Uh, Is it something that I feel like that I want from the friendship? And then you give them the space to show up or not show up. Right. So have y'all ever did that to any of y'all friendships? I um and I can openly share this is my cousin Jeffrey that we had on she's also like one of my best friends I would say and so with her um my issue was you only show up when you want to and so I had to tell her you have to show up when I ask you to also and you know in other spaces just checking on me it can't be just oh it's been three months have passed and like here I am like we don't have to talk to you every day but it feels unfair to me that you just show up when you when you want to. And I understand we have things going on, but still communicate that with me also. It could be like, you know, I don't have the space to show up, but if that's not the case. I expect for you to put a little bit more effort into the relationship if it matters to you. And that's how I broke it down. So if it matters to you, do it. If it doesn't, that's okay. We're still family. So mm-hmm. definitely that was uncomfortable, but it's something that I had to do. Yeah. What about you, Velma? Yeah, I feel like I've communicated before if, you know, I felt maybe I wasn't receiving from that relationship. And usually for me, it starts off like, I miss you or something like that. And then communicating about, you know, the distance. Oh, we haven't really saw one, haven't seen one another in a while and we haven't really connected. And then that kind of sparks a conversation on like what's been going on in each of our lives and okay, so what does that look like moving forward? Are we going to kind of like put effort in to set up a date 
to, to link up, to, to um, catch up with one another? Or is it really just maybe not a priority for both of us? And um, usually when I've communicated in that way, things have transpired to both of us being able to kind of connect and meet with one another. Um, on the other end of that, though, I've also had people, you know, tell me about me and myself at times, too, because <laughs> I can tend to, to, to get into my own world and isolate a little bit and um, put on that, that hat, right, that strong woman hat sometimes and figure things out on my own. And but I've had friends like really sit me down like, no, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. Like, you know, stop isolating and doing your own thing and lean on us at times as well. So it's always good to have that reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that the communication and friendships are really important. Um, mm -hmm. and I think many times, though, when ending and breaking up these friendships, many times we don't say anything. They just fizzle yeah. off. We're not like, hey. I'm breaking up my friendship with you. I don't want to be your friend. And a lot of times it's just like, I came to you. I told you what I need from this friendship. You're not doing it. So I'm backing off a lot of times. It's not mm -hmm. this conversation and like this huge like deal. And then we're not doing like breakup parties with our other friends. If we break up with a friend and all of that, like it's, it, it becomes on the background. And I think that's another reason why like we don't talk about it as much. Um, right. Going to yeah. the next question. Wait, no, I have a question for you though. Do you feel like we should have more of a, cause you know, when you, when you break up with someone, you know, you have conversations ongoing, like this is something that you need to work on. And then you have a conversation about breaking up with them. Do you feel like that should be something that happens in friendships? So like you should have a conversation, like, you know, this is coming to an end because blah, blah, blah. It makes me feel awkward immediately, girl. It makes me feel like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to have that conversation. I don't at all like it like I just can't even imagine me actually sitting with somebody like one of my friends and being like this is the end of us it just feels awkward like I don't know but I do think we could check in with each other more like as friends like if we do have a friendship breakup like why are we not checking in with our friends and be like hey I know you and so and so are not cool anymore how are you doing with that I don't feel like we do that enough mm -hmm. just move along and act like you know that's true this person never existed and so I think we can support each other me personally I'm not gonna lie I don't know if I want to have like these sit down conversations with my friends and be like not friends anymore but maybe that's an issue mm -hmm. maybe that is an issue I just have to ask because I have thought about like why don't we do that because I'm thinking about some of my friendships where you know they've come I've told them about you know the issue and they've carried on as if nothing has happened and so I just kind of just stopped talking to them mm -hmm. but I've been like hmm, maybe I should actually like tell them like you know I didn't reply to your happy birthday text because x y and z thing as opposed to just being like red <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think I kind of want to challenge myself to do that because I don't know I just think of it as like when you're friends with someone you have to tell them their fuck-ups and mm -hmm. that's just you know what I do with my friends I try to call them out and I tell I challenge them to call me out too but I feel like in those instances I don't really call them out so I don't know maybe I'm gonna do that yeah I'm gonna start doing that oh yeah that's a big <laughs> challenge um I think I would out yeah that's a big <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm a not big, doing that <laughs> it, it's just so uncomfortable I think it, yeah. it's necessary though you know um and on, on so many different levels as you mentioned that we kind of just tend to 
over externalize things when it comes to friendship break breakups and on to the next type of thing like okay like that happened you know it is what it is that person did that bye you know mm -hmm. um but yeah I think that would be beautiful Myra yeah you, you let us try let me know how it goes right know how that goes you go <laughs> keep you updated you go first yeah <laughs> um so Vema, do you feel that therapy is a place to process a loss of friendship um, and any tools for folks listening to do this on their end outside of therapy? I know it's like a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. So the first question um, to answer your first question. Yes, I do think that um, therapy is a really necessary and appropriate container to process friendship breakup. First of all, because you're just in a non-biased place, right? And you have an opportunity to talk about what hurts and the pain of that. I know sometimes within our friendships, our family relationships, we tell our, our family member maybe, oh, you know, this person did this to me, we're no longer friends or whatever the case may be. Our, our, our family member, our friend is gonna maybe try to like, you know, minimize that pain a little bit like okay you didn't need them anyway type of thing like good for you type of thing and you know it's not coming from ill intent but it's just you know coming from a place to, to make us feel better in that moment oftentimes but with therapy I like to look at it as a not a place to run away from your pain but your pain but a place to invite the pain in whatever grief that you may be experiencing because of that loss let's talk about it let's talk about how you're upset and angry let's talk about how you actually miss this person and that you're sad um, let's normalize and validate your experience and what you're feeling in that moment so that you can heal and, and move on and find acceptance with whatever is going on. So that's my take of why I think therapy would be um, essential, um, even though we don't really like talk about it like that <laughs> in therapy. I just see that so many benefits from it. Um, and then secondly, just tools for people to like practice on their own. Again, um, sitting with yourself. So that can look like journaling you know, talking about what hurts, you know, why do I feel upset about this situation? What is causing me to feel angry? Talk about why you're sad, just having that safe space within yourself to just process what you're experiencing. Again, a loss, it, it comes with that, that grief process a lot of time. It comes with a lot of complex emotions that maybe don't even make sense. Journaling, out it, journaling it out is a great way to express and provide yourself with that outlet. Um, and then um, I would say even caring for yourself after, you know, it's still a loss. You're still dealing with a lot of heavy emotions. So just being patient with yourself too and providing yourself with self-care, um, being a friend to yourself in that moment, um, you know, really, really, really pouring in, pouring in. And yeah. then affirmations. I love affirmations. So, you know, <laughs> of course. Yeah, start calling the friendships that you want in, start, you know, declaring the state that you want to be in, you know, affirm yourself as often as you can. Yeah, thank you for those, Velma. Um, any takeaways for our listeners as we wrap up? Takeaways, yeah. Anything. Yeah, I, I, I want to just say that, you know, for anyone who may be experiencing uh, a friendship breakup or a loss, that you're first not alone that it's okay that you may be feeling sad or upset about whatever it is that is going on and allow yourself to be with those emotions and validate your experience. I see you, you know, I hear you. 
Um, and then, you know, being open to, you know, being open to new beginnings, being open to calling in, you know, the friendships that you really desire in your life and, 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 and being really embracive of that, I think is my last bit of like takeaway. I love this discussion though. We loved having you and we want to thank you so much for even joining us on your Sunday. Thank you both for having me. This was awesome. It's my first um, podcast, by the way, too. So the first of many, I'm sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. <laughs> yeah. So in reflecting on this episode, um, I mean, as you all know, it's still February, which is the little Valentine's Day love month. And, you know, everyone's a lot of times we talk about the romantic love, but like, you know, our friendships, we love them as well. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately um friendships do end um and it's okay it's okay but i think it's important just to talk about how we're navigating the ending of these friendships and so i'm really glad that we got to discuss this episode um yeah i, I really don't i think we reflected enough in the episode <laughs> my <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um so i think that you know, I've been seeing a lot of conversation around this on Twitter and a lot of people talking about how um, they've experienced friendship breakups that have hurt them more than a romantic breakup. And so that's why I really was pushing to have this conversation sooner rather than later. And so I just want to normalize that feeling because you're not alone. You know, I keep seeing people saying that they feel like it's just them when it's not because I keep seeing most people say that. And so yeah, just normalizing that friendship breakups do hurt, our friendship endings or whatever you want to call it, they do hurt just as much as a romantic relationship, if not more. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I got for a wrap up. All right, y'all. So look at the description. We always have really good resources and different ways to keep up with us in the description. And thanks for supporting and following us. We will see you all next Monday. So y'all, we have to shout out our friends over at Fiverr. We are officially a Fiverr affiliate and I love Fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on, whether it be if you need a new logo, you need help with the resume, you need help with social media, they help you over there. So go ahead and check out our friends over at Fiverr. That's 5-E-R-R. So five with two R's at the end. So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and tell them that we sent you.